Bidzy's Small Business Society, number 177. You're listening to Bidzy's Small Business Society. I'm Rob Beresoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy's Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. Today, I am talking to Hollis Carter. Hollis is a speaker and author with special expertise in business development and strategic marketing. He is also the founder of the Baby Bathwater Institute Entrepreneurs Mastermind, which is a gathering of like-minded people who discuss paid traffic, conversions, team building, and social media in a setting that's a little bit different than your average summit event. I'll let Hollis expand on those details in a few minutes, but first, Big welcome, Hollis Carter. Can you first tell us more about yourself than about what projects you're working on today? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's my uh, my pleasure. Um, so on me, basically, I guess uh, I think a lot of people have heard the story before. You kind of were born with a little bit of an entrepreneurial bone in the body. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever really dabbled in the job world ever. Um <laughs> Mainly, I think, because my my father was pretty big advocate of realizing that I was, you know, I was dyslexic, I was ADD, I was kind of all over the place. So following the sort of American school system and educational system, even though I did, you know, complete college and actually even had a scholarship and things like that, never really worked for me. Um, was always sort of doing my own thing. And when I when I grew up, I was in downtown Atlanta and. You know, we moved to the suburbs where it was a little bit of a, a nicer area and started to live around people with a little more wealth. And um, we were definitely on the lower end of that stick. And my dad said, you know, when everyone turns 16, they're going to get a car. Uh, you are not. Um, but here's a lawnmower. You can turn that into a car. <laughs> and, and that was sort of like one of the really first big kicks I got down the road uh, to, to doing this. And then it's really funny. I ended up spending about 10 years in the sort of direct response internet marketing space because before the internet even existed, there was this legend, Jay Abraham. And my dad, when he gave me the lawnmower, actually gave me a really small yellow booklet, I remember, and it was Jay Abraham's uh, flyers that he wrote as a consultant for roofing companies to get them to do reoccurring billing for roofing jobs and things like that. 
And I remember typing it up and getting copies made and riding around in my mom's minivan with my own version of it for mowing lawns. And before I had a driver's license, you know, I had like 30 plus people on reoccurring billings, oh, uh, right. you know, mowing their lawns and doing that. And then I had to learn how to manage people because I could do it all myself. And uh, then eventually, you know, I was able to get old enough to get a driver's license and speed some of these things up. But, uh, you know, it's been, it was a really cool journey starting out very early um, doing that. And then uh, kind of just progressed along with a lot of little business ventures here and there. Um, took the only job I really ever took, I, I was a whitewater rafting guide and a climbing guide for a, a small stint of time and uh, broke my right leg, uh, every bone and tendon in, the, in my foot. And it was one of the better things that ever happened to me because funny enough, my best friend at the time and roommate did the same, had the same exact injury and a different incident within five days. No, no, wow. And so we were both laid up on crutches and this cool thing called Facebook came out in our college and no one really knew about it, but it was pretty disruptive and powerful. And so uh, Mark and I, we actually decided to make a, uh, a trimmed down clone of it with a little bit of money we had. We figured out how to get online and get some programmers in India to build us our first version. And we actually sold that to Montessori Academies while Facebook was pushing it into colleges. Um, and that was sort of our foyer into the internet marketing world. Um, which, was, which was a really interesting way to get in there, kind of seeing that something was powerful and kind of getting to mimic it and play in a different industry alongside. And I had many, many ventures since then, but uh, I've always really been into into small business and the idea of you know creating your own to-do list is actually a harder thing to do than having the to-do list, but it's something that keeps life pretty interesting. Uh, kind of be at the helm of, of your own <laughs> motivations and, and what it takes to get things done. Yeah, as entrepreneurs, uh, I think it's innate in us that we don't like structure, but we need to create that structure for ourselves and make those rules for ourselves, obviously. Now, you took us on quite a journey there. I love the origin story about how you were told to turn a lawnmower into a car. And obviously, a lot of those early strategies as a young teenager uh, were used for your subsequent businesses as well, weren't they, Hollis? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's always passed down. And um, you know, it's been really, really cool as I've transitioned through these sets of businesses and, um, you know, we ended up building a software company with my, my roommate that we did the Facebook thing with, uh, with in the daily deal space that went really well. And we were acquired there and was able to move out to Colorado and, uh, really got into the mountain life out here and have met some amazing people as this, you know, place has just been growing from a business perspective economically and just overall lifestyle. But, um, now getting to reverse it where my father actually comes and gets value from all the stuff that maybe bathwater um has been really really cool to to reverse it and now be able to provide value where i have people like my dad and my dad's age i'm probably the youngest one in our group and getting to to lead a group like this has been really really fun uh really great experience lately yeah, we'll certainly dive deeper into the Baby Bathwater Institute Mastermind in a couple minutes here. Now, you're enjoying some success here, but it likely wasn't always that way. Tell us about your biggest challenge, in business or otherwise, but what really sticks out in your mind, Hollis, as your biggest challenge, and we're looking for some of the actionable steps that you took to really embrace and overcome that challenge. Yeah, you know, when I, when I hear that, I just want to say every day. Um, like it's, it's, it's kind of a never ending battle. I think I've become very comfortable with the fact that if we want to 
run small businesses and control these control sort of our, our outcomes and <clears throat> do the best job we can for take an idea and turn it into reality. It's never going to be easy and it's always going to take a hell of a lot more time and energy than you think. Um, I think one of the big things was when the internet marketing stuff kind of first came out and there was a lot of simple step systems and things out there, you know, getting over the fact that that's not real. Um, that it always takes a little bit more time, effort and energy to really get things done and being able to have the grit to get through it. Um, I think when it if I had to pin down a biggest challenge, it's not having good ideas. It's not implementing good ideas. It's figure out how to work with people in a sustainable way that lasts a long time and builds things that don't have to keep being rebuilt. Um, and that's been the biggest focus, you know, with this new business that we've started is just focusing on sustainable, valuable and respectful relationships with my business partners, employees, contractors, and realizing that the people are the product and as much as any of us can be an individual that's very smart or an individual that can get everything done. It's about the people you play with and relationships run absolutely everything. And I've had definitely had some challenges with that where I've put trust in people I shouldn't have put trust in, or I didn't provide enough leadership or enough boundaries or enough, um, management and things like that. And so I think it's the people game, uh, become very, uh, adept at how to take an idea and turn it into a reality and what steps go with that and what processes are there, but really working with people and, you know, becoming a master of that. And I think before, uh, a lot of the tools we have today, uh, existed, that's all it really was. Uh, when people were starting businesses it was your ability to be a good, respectable person to other people, uh, allow them to grow, but also give them the structure they need. And, um, that's been without a doubt, the thing I would call the biggest challenge. Um, but one I'm actually really, really thoroughly enjoying right now. Yep. Awesome. You articulated that extremely well. And like you said, it's a daily grind and we need to get comfortable with discomfort. Now, Talk about some of your rewards. Why is it so great to be Hollis Carter? Uh, I mean, I, I feel – hopefully everyone feels lucky to be who they are. <laughs> um, but I, I definitely do. I mean, if it if it comes from a lifestyle thing, like I'm glad I got to choose where I wanted to live. I wouldn't live anywhere else. But, you know, right now I'm sitting looking over – downtown boulder in the mountains and uh i was able to choose to build an office our team wanted to come to here we have uh two yurts on seven acres 10 minutes from downtown and enjoying the fall weather here the team's all working out on the deck and doing things like that um and the fact that we have to do so much work sitting on a computer i've built into the lifestyle and the company what we do is we need to be outside more and getting some perspective. There's only so many hours you can bang on a keyboard. Um, we need to take breaks. We need to you know, get our head right and do things like that. So I'm fortunate enough to have been able to build a schedule, a company, and a life that allows a lot of that. You know, I was able to go mountain biking this morning before I went to a meeting, and I'll probably get to go again this evening. Um, spend a lot of time skiing and doing other things and providing some balance. Um, and it took me actually, funny enough, going back to challenges, a long time to get comfortable with doing that when there's projects because there's always more to be done. And sometimes I'd have guilt when I was riding on the chairlift or doing one of these things and had to realize that you actually have like a downgrade of productivity after a certain amount of grinding and um, have now really gotten good at, at developing a lifestyle that makes the productive times productive and the times away from the electronics very, very dialed into to getting the most out of that. 
Yep. Awesome, man. Uh, yeah. If you're not bringing your best self, bringing your A game, I think you're doing a disservice to yourself and those around you, right? Absolutely. Yep. Got to be rewarding. I can hear some of those outdoor sounds right now. So that's awesome, man. <laughs> now, <laughs> talk about the Baby Bathwater Institute Entrepreneur's Mastermind. What are you hoping to accomplish with that, Hollis? Uh, well, a few things. It's funny you worded it. So I can tell you about it. And I can tell you what we're hoping. And what we're hoping is to actually not get too big, which is a funny thing. Uh, I spent a lot of time trying to grow giant things and um, realized that was could be dangerous uh, as well. Um, but being agile enough to meet opportunity with some agility here. Um, over the last 10 plus years, my business partner, Michael Lovich, and I, you know, he, we had separate companies in separate industries, but we spent a lot of time going to basically all of the conferences in the marketing world and sort of the business development and strategy world um, and spent a horrendous amount of time on planes and in airports and eating hotel food and doing all these kind of things because it was always worth it always ROI'd, no matter what, whether it was one relationship, a new nugget of knowledge, um, it always, always worked out. And when we both hit a point in our careers where we wanted to, to do something new, um, our friends basically said, you know, you're our favorite people to go to conferences with. Why don't you start doing one? And we were pretty hesitant at first. And so we threw a dinner, um, you know, it'll be two years uh, this upcoming October, uh, it was the Halloween before last, um, out here in Colorado, we rented a teeny little mining town and it was the whole idea of the lifestyle that we try to live by where we're kind of getting outside more, unplugging the phones, doing that. We hosted it somewhere where cell phones didn't work. We put everyone on old retrofitted school buses full of uh, booze and music and got everyone <laughs> and having a good time. And, uh, you know, took everyone up and that was like the test and we put our money where our mouth is and we lost money on it. We did it for free just to kind of test the idea. And then since then we've probably done 10 plus events, um, our two big ones a year out at powder mountain, as well as some smaller, more intimate ones here. But what we're really trying to accomplish is an entrepreneur support network, um, that people actually are not just attending these events for uh, one to four days at a time. This is more of a year-long, lifelong thing. Um, they're having the time to build real relationships. They're actually supporting each other through it. And it's all through an acknowledgement of we all have unique skills. And after a certain point, you realize you can't do everything. And it becomes very real. And I think in the early stages of entrepreneurship, we try to learn every single piece of it. And I like about the group we've been curating. Everyone's very clear on what their specific and unique skill set is. And they're humble about it, but they're more than willing to share it. But they also know that they need help just as much as anyone, no matter what level of success they are. And there's always ups and downs. And so the kind of overall conversation is always helping more than taking. And uh, we just want to provide a very safe, supportive environment for these people. And we've been working very hard to pay more attention to the details. Uh, a lot of events and things we went to, the reason we called it baby bathwater was we were treading through the bathwater trying to find the baby. The old saying, don't throw the baby out with bathwater. <laughs> yep. um, and so we say more baby, less bathwater, trying to have more of it. And so we focus one on food that doesn't make you feel tired, like the Cisco type food you find at hotels that's overpriced and not of high quality. Um, feeling like you know, the organizers, the speakers, and the attendees are all trying to sell you something. We actually don't allow pitching from ourselves, the speakers, or the attendees during the event. 
and um, that has helped immensely. Um, you know, there's been many times where, if, man, we would have had a pitch at the end, it would have gone over so well. And we've had people wanting to buy stuff from us at the event. We say, nope, we don't do that. You know, go home and and sit with your wife, and then tell me if you still want to buy something after that. Uh, <laughs> not, <laughs> that way, you're high up on the mountain with a bunch of other people, and you're excited and forgot, you know, that you still have a business to run and things like that. So, just really a safe and sustainable event series that can become a, a true family and a support network. And it's something I've always wanted and have tried to create for myself and been lucky to do that over those 10 years. But to actually take the deliberate effort to, to build it is a whole new, a whole new game for us. Yeah, man. It looks informative, constructive in that super supportive setting. And it looks like a damn good time too, man. <laughs> yeah, it is quite a fun time. Um, and, and, you know, giving people options. Like I, I think I mentioned earlier, like I was resistant to school. And that's where I think a lot of entrepreneurs have a common ground. And every time I went to these workshops and these conferences, it felt a whole of a hell of a lot like school. Um, and so we do a very deliberate job of not allowing it to feel like school. Um, actually, rather than saying, hey, you got to go see the speaker, uh, we make sure there's actually a more of an adult frame that makes us think about choice. So there's always three options. So, you know, we'll have 120 people there, but there'll never be more than really 30 people doing any one thing. So it can stay intimate. People can make the choice if it's better for them to see a talk about conversion or how this guy created this movement, or if they want to go skiing or wakeboarding with a friend or go to the spa or just sit and talk and have a drink. Um, you know, Let them make those decisions. And because we're not in a hotel in a city, no one's running off. And it's all inclusive, so they're not figuring out how to split tabs and dealing with just some of the little things that take our focus and presence away. Um for these live events that we go to and, and can get value no matter what, it's like, how can we get more out of that precious, precious resource of time um, that I'm very grateful that people are willing to, to give us that. You know, I, I see the ticket prices is very fair by the way we do it, but the fact that people are willing to give us four days of their time and, you know, return 99% of the time has been, you know, a pretty phenomenal thing for me because I don't take that lightly because I know how valuable everyone's time is. Love it, man. I urge everyone to do a little more research on the Baby Bathwater Institute Entrepreneur's Mastermind, and we'll be sure to link that up in the show notes page. Now, Hollis, you've got the mastermind. You release powerful content to your subscribers, but what other methods are you using to really engage with and grow your audience? And here, I want you to help the aspiring entrepreneur understand a few things about gaining some traction in what seems like a cluttered and noisy marketing and social media landscape. Absolutely. Um, so for Baby Bathwater in particular, awful example for the emerging entrepreneur because it was based on the fact that we had a very large network of referrals already. Um, but for all the things that led us up to this and all the people we work with within it, there's been some really cool things that have, that have come about. Um, and it really depends on two things, I think, that drive the strategy. One is knowing the audience you're going for and what, why you need them. So if it's customer acquisition versus uh, larger relationships um, and like strategic partnerships, your approach is going to be completely different. Um, but to give two actual actionable tactics, I think here um, would be switching the idea of social media being something that you use to get leads and sales. Uh, I think it was Gary Vanderchuk who my social media manager told me about said this, um, is that it's the gravity that holds your customers and audience close to your brand. So they might drift to and from, but they're always close if they want to interact. It's these light touches um, where you stay on the radar, you stay in touch. It's kind of like when you might 
realize I haven't called my grandma in a long time. You know, you want to put out things that keep people close and within your orbit for when they're actually ready. Um, the second thing has been strategic partnerships, the kind of the big needle movers, the partner, the big email list. If you're emerging and you know that one big promotion or that one big collaboration or partnership can move you along, really taking the value of what that is. Um, this is something I've done in every single business I've ever done of the many, um, has been personalized videos that actually state what you want in a really clear and authentic way. Um, you know, when we launched that social media platform, when I launched the initial baby bath or all of these, I make a list of the people I needed to contact and I would make them personal, you know, me just holding my phone and making a video explaining what we were doing, why we were doing it, why we wanted to talk to them, make sure they didn't feel like a mass communication. I think a lot of people rely on email blasts and ads and things like that. And when you, if a relationship is that important to move your business, then you really want to make that connection. I've gone as far as ordering a, you know, a few hundred video iPods, putting the videos on those and, uh, putting a little sticky note. Here's my gift to you for your time. Please watch this video. You know, just taking the time to realize, to get through the noise and the clutter, um, takes real effort and you can't just hit blast that email out and expect to have large results. Hollis, a couple great actionable tips. Again, light touches and, giving people that authentic content via what seems like today's preferred method, and that's through video, right? Yep. Yep. Now, in your opinion, what will be the dominant social media platform in, say, 12 to 24 months, and why? It's a great question, and I feel answering that that I have no idea, uh, to be perfectly honest. I think, obviously, Facebook, when I look at what things excite me, um, Facebook and Instagram are two very exciting ones for me for different reasons. The messenger app within Facebook, you know, I was reading that it's 1% developed and how much we rely on, you know, email service providers and text message services and all these different things to have list communication. Uh, one thing I'm very, very excited about is I know once this whole Facebook live push, that's obviously, um, one of their biggest priorities right now plays itself out and becomes more of a, a well-known and used piece that I see them putting a lot of energy into the messenger app and kind of want to be ready to catch that energy. Um, so that's been something that's high on the radar. I think, I mean, Facebook advertising is amazing, um, for our business of making personal connections and relationships and following up. It's been an amazing tool and the messenger app, I think we've barely got to see what it's capable of, uh, from a business perspective, it's going to, I believe, blow our minds. And then on Instagram, also, once again, for the reverse side of it, I like it for the light touches. You look at how much energy people put into sales letters and messaging and design. Uh, when Instagram's done right from accounts, you can see that you basically can go immerse in their world, learn a lot about a company, what they're doing, if you like them, if you want to relate with them, how you want to do it. It's like a mosaic picture that you can paint to do the job that used to be limited to like a one-page website. Um and so using the tools in the proper way for your small business, I believe the Messenger app and Instagram sort of simplistic fashion, if used in, for the right reasons and you're measuring the right reasons, um, are going to be something to really stay focused on. Awesome. Great perspective there. Now, you mentioned Gary Vee already here, Hollis, but which other influencers do you follow online or otherwise for your own motivation and inspiration? 
Um, it's funny. So yeah, I don't, it's funny. I said, <laughs> because my social media manager told me about it, I don't watch, uh, I actually have made it a point since being kind of in the internet marketing world to not watch what everyone else is watching, if that makes any sense, yep. um, to kind of keep original perspectives. Cause I hear it regardless through the grapevine. Um, I actually dive a lot more into a lot of philosophy stuff, um, and figure out how that and psychology, um, and how that applies to this marketing and business world. I've been reading a lot of Sam Harris. Um, you know, there's a book called lying, which basically covers the whole idea of lying and how it works in the world and have had everyone in our business read it and, and try to influence that upon people. It's been very powerful. Um, Hunter S. Thompson is honestly where we get a lot of our <laughs> inspiration from um, <laughs> <laughs> because of just his ability to push the edges and articulate and kind of shock people and be willing not to follow the normal model. And I think that's a very refreshing thing for us pretty often. Um, when it goes into marketing, though, there's one, the, the Fizzle guys. I do process a lot of their content. I've gotten a lot of value from that. Um, I think it's fizzle.co. Um, they've been a, a great tool and resource and honestly from the people in our group, um, at learning a lot, I've been able to just be privileged enough that they come to me for consulting, but I get to learn from them every time before I got on this podcast, I was talking to a guy who just sold a dirt company for like, uh, you know, $2 million in cash. And he was amazing at hiring and building and dealing with these massive projects and timelines but he wanted to know about marketing and psychology for me. And at the end of the call, I was like, I think I learned more from you. So more one-on-one -on -one conversations, I think, is, and that's probably why we started the business we did. Um, but I think if I was to influence some people who are trying to get you know, into the game and get over some of those hurdles, that actually taking a look outside of some business strategy books and looking more towards some life philosophy things, because being an entrepreneur can be quite a quite a mess upstairs in your head sometimes of making your own priorities. You have people who are doubting you. You have people who are encouraging you and you're trying to figure out how to juggle all of that. And it's good to have some filters um, and some tools to, to process your own thoughts. Love it, Hollis. And I'm not going to ruin any of that with any narrative of my own here. I'm just going to move on towards the end. I'm going to be jumping around a bit. I'm going to ask you, do you love to win or hate to lose and why? That's a good question. Uh, I'm going to say that I love to win because I kind of just like winning. Um, and it's hard for me to picture it from a business perspective because I've purposely like not gotten myself in a place where I'm competing ever. We're, we're more in like category creation. So they're not running in races, but I participate in a lot of athletics. And I know that I, I really enjoy to winning, um, but losing has a lot of nice lessons in it sometimes. Yep, absolutely. Give our listeners something actionable. What are you doing to wind down after a long or stressful day? Um, I mean, I have I have sort of a go-to these days as, you know, we've just hired about six people and constantly just sort of, I haven't been this busy in a long time. Um, I listen to a lot of Alan Watts. Um, that's sort of been my, my cool down when I get home. I, I either read or I listen to Alan Watts and, and sit on my porch um, and that's been uh, sort of my go-to for the last few months. Awesome, man. Now, boil this thing down. What is that one piece of advice you want to leave with our listeners about developing their business with an effective marketing strategy? I think the big thing is, yes, marketing is, is what will drive a business in its initial growth more than anything. 
but it's knowing what marketing is. It's not sales and it's not design. It's marketing is sort of everything. I had a really unique conversation with a, a high up in RGA, a big marketing firm in New York. And I was like, man, I know, I know a ton of great accountants. I know a ton of great lawyers and they come out of school all pretty decent and trained. But how many awesome like marketing people do you know? And he was like, can't even fit them on one hand. Um, <laughs> And it's because it's the development of so many skills. You have psychology, you have storytelling, you have design, you have offer creation, you have so much. So I would look at in that umbrella what things you truly are good at and make sure that you're not trying to, especially at the beginning stages when you have to wear a million hats. If there's a critical piece in marketing that you can't do, that you find someone to support you in that, which is probably why I've never done anything completely on my own um, because I'm pretty honest with myself about what things I can and can't do. And you do need to be able to tell an effective story. And at the same time, you need that story to line up with a nice offer. You need all of these pieces to fall into line. And if you find yourself hitting a hurdle and you're in the beginning stages of getting it off the ground, this is very, very important that you find someone to help supplement your, your skill sets that way. So important to surround ourselves with a powerful team, of course. Now, I hope our listeners go back and slow this down. Hollis, this has been filled with actionable content we can put into play today in our businesses. Now, if people want to learn more about you, your business, and the Baby Bathwater Institute, Entrepreneur's Mastermind, how can they connect with you? Uh, just at babybathwater.com. We got a site there and some contact information. And uh, yeah, we, we uh, basically we take applications there and get on phone consultations and, and love playing with people. And it's uh, not something we're heavily marketing. So, you know, we, we keep up with the word of mouth and, and enjoy, uh, we enjoy all sides of it. We're not limited to you know, people who are just at a very high level of success. It's more of a mentality than anything. Awesome, man. Well, like I said, be sure to include some links in your show notes page. Really appreciate your time today on Bidzy Small Business Society, Hollis. You take care. Awesome. Thank you. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today. 